Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired Podcast, where we do interviews with inspiring women, like I, my new friend here, Simona, on to, topics to help our listeners find the resources, tools, or support that they need to be their best inspired selves. So would you like to introduce yourself today to the audience? Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me, and, and thank you, everyone, for those that are listening. Uh, yes, so my name is Simona Spark. I'm originally from Romania. I used to live in the United States for about a decade or so, and I currently live in New Zealand. Um, I, in a new career, I like to say it's new because I started uh, fairly over three years ago. So I'm a relationship coach and I work mainly with parents. So. I will say that for now, and, and I trust that you're going to lead the way, and we're going to go deep into the subject. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think it's really, I, I mean, you have so many inspiring stories that I've been lucky to be in um, different groups that we're both in. But uh, on a side note, my daughter decided that she thinks Romanian is beautiful and has been learning Romanian for fun. Um, I know oh, no wow. one does that, right? So, so she's like, I wish I knew someone who spoke Romanian. So now I'm like, I might know somebody who speaks Romanian. <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing that part. But uh, I love that you said new career because I think that we're finding um, a lot of people in, in my space, just around me, my age group, women who are. Um, learning enough about themselves to, to move forward and be brave and go into a new career. So I wonder if you could share with us kind of how you decided or how you were led to um, this new career that you've just described. Yes, thank you for asking that. Well, like in anything else, I believe that every single thing that happened to us and for us led us where we are today. But if I will get to choose just one moment, uh, so after we moved to, uh, to New Zealand, when we decided to move to New Zealand, I decided that it's time for me to go back to school. And um, all the skills that I, that I learned for the first four decades of my life to actually put them into something to serve people. And like really, I was really um, um, driven by not wanting to work for anybody anymore. <laughs> right? So in the midst of all that, um, I remember I had one conversation with my son he uh, come to me and want to talk about death. And what he probably thought that he's just going to have a question and uh, I'm going to answer and we move on, end up being like three, four hour conversation. And then he said like, oh, I feel so much better. Mom, I'm so glad that you go back to school because we are talking about going back to school and uh, study psychology. I, I started that school many decades ago back in Romania. And, and he says, I think it, you could be an amazing uh, therapist or you could be an amazing life coach. And I was like, life coach? What a so, nice thing for your son to say too. Yes. So, um, so of course I look into it and I find the school and I put myself in school. And since then till today, and I already decided for the rest of my life, I'm always going to be in three, four of the programs and 
continue study and learn and um, and all that. But that's how it started. So so then the biggest challenge. to us in my early 30s as a single mom with my son was six at the time and and had no hey there i think we lost you for a bit i don't know what happened it's just yeah so the last thing we heard you say was um, as a single mom, um, it was a yes. Uh, my son was six at the time, so we. So we. So. Are we? Maybe out? we should. Maybe we should turn off our video, and see if it saves some bandwidth. Zoom yeah, has been having a little. Yeah, Zoom has been having some trouble with the bandwidth since everyone's been home yeah for sure all right let's see if that helps so single mom son was six so yes so we we moved to united states and um i think that was the biggest challenge that that i overcome as a person of how to be a single mom into a new country with no friends no family and we didn't speak english either so okay. Wow. Years later, when I decided, let me go back to school and, and learn how to actually support people, um, uh, it was very clear to me, like, I'm supposed to be working with parents uh, because I know that it doesn't matter what and who and from where and whatever circumstances we, we are in, it, there is always at least one way <clears throat> To, to come to the other side and don't let those circumstances be in your, in your way of, of being a great parent for your child. Yeah. Because it didn't matter what kind of different house would visit over the years and all the, the shitty things that happened. Um, one thing that remained constant was, was growing a, a, a healthy and open relationship with my child. That's and that still remains. So, so when did you um, like? When did you start to realize um, how important it was that you have a strong relationship with your child um, as a parent? I, I think we all think that, right? I have four children. I've always thought, oh, I'm going to be a good mom. And then for me, a very big thing happened, and I was like, whoa, I need to be a good mom, and I was not showing up. I was not showing up the way my children needed me to. So what was like a turning point for you where you realized, wait a minute, not just a good mom. I need to be a good mom. Like, what was that for you? I think it was uh, a multiple turning points uh, throughout the past. My son is almost 17 in a couple months here, uh, <clears throat> past 17 years. So probably the biggest one was, like the day that he was born, when everybody was telling me this is how you should be doing things, uh, right? And really be brave enough to say, no, this is how I want to raise my child, right? And then later on, you know, when divorce happened and his dad left, 
uh, is like, okay, it's on me. So I'm not going to let that thing, I'm not going to become that uh, single parent, this kid grows without a dad kind of BS there are people who are putting into my mind, right? Um, so it's just keep deciding and choosing. And that's where I'm at now with preaching, but really walking the talk of becoming the parent that my child need me to be. Uh, if he didn't have a dad there every day, I need to be that parent for him. I need to be the mom. I need to be the dad. Uh, if we move in a different country and he starts speaking English in three weeks and, and I didn't know what the hell my child is talking to me, I need to become that parent and really learn the language so we could communicate. So whatever happened, it was like a constant calling to me like, okay, I need to step up my game, if you wish. I need to be the parent that my child needs and really let go of what everybody else is telling me. And that's what I'm supporting my clients today is, you know what? I am not here to tell you if you're a good parent. My opinion doesn't matter. You want to know what kind of parent you are? Go ask your kids. Yeah, that's great. I actually did ask my daughter. I was actually scared. I said, my oldest, I have four. They're six, eight, 10, and 14. Um, Hero mama. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> and I, I asked my oldest one day, I was like, you know, it was more like, what do you, what do you like the most about me? It was like an assignment we were having to do for some class thing. And she mm-hmm. said, she thought about it and it was, it was so beautiful. She said, I love that you are the most accepting person I've ever known or that anyone I know has ever known. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like all sad. My face is, I'm going to cry. <laughs> And I was like, but then I asked what she meant because, you know, she's pretty young. And she said, you know, mom, you love everyone. You love, you know, my gay friends, my straight friends. You love my, um, the, the weird kids. You know, we have one of my children's on the autism spectrum. So you, you love her just like you love all the rest of us. And I, I was like, I thought everyone was like that. She's like, no, not quite. I was like, oh, wow. So that's, that's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. You. And that right there is we all as parents at some point um, so um, focus on what we tell our kids, how we tell them. And I know that is not important because it is, but it's only so much that they remember. What they really remember and they really learn as us, like think back and think back how much you remember from what your mom or your dad says. But what you really remember is your experiences. So if our kids, and we keep talking about role models and role models, and it's like if our kids see us like uh, not, you know, be brave to try new things, uh, apologizing for mistake, being okay with being messy, let go of perfection and et cetera, et cetera. The least could go on and on and on. It's like, it's really giving them the permission to, to grow that way. Right. And, and it's like, you don't need to tell your kid I'm inclusive and I'm whatever your kid sees that. And your kid learns that by watching you. Yeah. And I think I was, I think, you know, that you think, you know, things just the same as like that point. Um, but I was glad that I, I was doing 
what I, what I was saying. And you don't always know until like you said, you ask your kids. Um, yeah. And so one of the things that it, the reason I kind of added that extra um, commentary about my daughter was one of the things that um, you also are involved in, or at least from the outside world looking in is I've seen that you've done a lot of uh, active work toward being a supportive and inclusive to the LGBTQ community. And I wonder if you might want to share just a little bit about um, what you're doing there and, and why that's important to you, if, if that's an else thing to ask you about. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for asking that. Um, again, it started with my kid. <laughs> my kid is the source of everything. <laughs> Um, so I was working as a coach, I was working with parents <clears throat> and then my kid came up and the statement, I want to say the statement, but it was not the statement, was the question that he had in that conversation was, did you have to came out as straight? And oh, that wow. absolutely blew my mind. And it just, it's changed me for the rest of my life from that, you know, few words. So I kind of took all this parenting niche, if you wish, and I kind of laser focusing and like, okay, how to support these parents to parent from a place of inclusion, to support them, to, to get the resources, the education, the support they needed to become that parent that it's confident and comfortable talking with their kids about sex and gender and sexuality and actually talk about, it, right? And, and let the kids know and have those conversations. Because again, I learned from my own experience that like I had a great relationship with my kid we have uh, friends from LGBTQ community. They will come to my house. And as you say, my kid could see that I'm inclusive. He could learn that about me. And still, it took him two years to come out. Because in his little mind was, when we talk about that, he explained it to me, <clears throat> the things that I never thought about it. And he says, well, I knew that you inclusive. I, I knew that you are okay with every gender and every sexual orientation. But what I did not know is how that might change if it's about your own child. And yeah. that's something that never crossed my mind, right? Yeah. I think so because I've heard other people too, like um, I know a few parents who, whose children have conversations with them. And um, one thing that's interesting is they say they're inclusive, but then they always talk about relationships with men and women, right? They always talk about, well, when you get married, they'll say when this happens and, and mm -hmm. it forms to, you know, the roles that we know. And, um, and really what they want to also hear is, you know, and your aunts, right? Your aunt Melissa and, and, and Vicky are your uncles, Tobin and, and Jan. So they, they know that a relationship is that way too and so I can mm -hmm. see how like even though we have lots of friends that way I I grew up where men and moms and dads got together moms and dads got married so I yeah luckily very young with all of my kids we just said well when you get older and find someone you love or and try to just change our terminology because who knew um but I could see that being in his perspective saying like well yeah. 
I see that we're nice to everyone, but it's different when it's me, right? And you're right. like, no, it's better. It when could it's be. It yeah. could be different. And and it actually there is there is cases, you know, where um, actually this is exactly what happened. The people get a resistance, you know, it's okay if it's not about my child. Or there is there other cases which are so inspiring where uh, actually people are homophobic until their own kids come out and then they change their whole beliefs and their whole perspective. So um, if I may, um, if people are interested into learning more about the coming out process and uh, like real story for people, I actually have my own podcast where I would like to invite your audience to, to listen to the real story because that's the purpose of that podcast to just build a resource when people don't have to listen to me or to you or, you know, you could go and Google about everything and learn about everything, but really tune into somebody's story. How was their experience? How their parents react? What friends says? So as parents, we get to learn more about from this real story and actually, you know, sit there for a minute, like, oh, this might happen to my kid. So um, if you know, we, yeah, could, we can we share put in that. comment or yeah, it, yeah it's called redefine. It's called redefine family in the modern age of LGBTQ, and it's available on all the platforms. <clears throat> Wonderful. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes because it's certainly um, a resource that I now I do know is available. That's um, yeah. why not have that? Because you're right. Like it's like I'm the mom. Right, I'm the mom telling my daughter, you know, oh yeah, it's okay, or I'm open, or I'll be there. But you know, she, gosh, she tells me stories that break my heart about her 13-year-old friends, or 15, or 17, and how, like, their family didn't react in a good way, or their family's not, they're not their family anymore, and all yeah. these stories are just, like, how would you not love your kids still? Like, I, I can't process, but um, I can't imagine what it's like for someone else. To have to go and and that is the thing is not that like i really want to look at with you know with a lot of compassion um it's not that you don't love the kid it's just that they don't have that belief you know they they didn't grow like that i mean we didn't be raised like that either i wasn't uh, but then i get to learn right so that is the that is the great news as adults we get to learn anything we want we get to redefine any belief we want. Like we really get to do whatever the hell we want, right? And, but it's, it's starting with the decision that I'm just gonna stop blaming on my parents and how I've been raised and what I'm coming from and all that. And actually get myself into the game and start working on it every day. So yeah. then it's not about, when we talk about parenting, it's not about, what kind of great mom I am when I go to to the meetings at school or I am the one that participate or bringing cookies or whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, I really do not care how other parents look at me. Yeah. Right. I think there's a lot to that. Like, I actually did a, a, a speech called Redefine Everything. It's similar, mm -hmm. but a different topic. It was people would always call my one daughter autistic and she doesn't like that right she's like i have autism she isn't exactly the diagnosis 
she has a diagnosis. And it seems that the first person first language seems nitpicky a bit, unless you're the person who wants to be treated that way, right? It's very similar with pronouns. If you have a preference, it's, it's about respect. Like we respect, I call, I asked you how to pronounce your name. It's out of respect because I don't want to call you the wrong name. It's the same kind of concept. And my point was like, no, she, her name is Zoe. This is what she looks like. This mm -hmm. is what autism is. This is a DSM diagnosis, right? They're not, they're not the same thing. And so I, I think that I had to learn a different, to be a parent for her. Exactly. The parent I wanted to be, but the parent, each of my four kids needed me to be. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It's a little harder. Yep. Yeah. It, it is. And nobody says that it's easy, but it's so damn rewarding. It really is. Yeah. Like all the beliefs. And I remember when my kid was little and, um, you know, my friends would say, oh, he's so cute. And he's just like hugging you or whatever. Just wait until he's going to be a teenager and he's going to turn into this. I don't know if it's allowed to say bad words. So I won't say, but you can imagine. Um, <laughs> And I was like, how is that even possible? Like, I, I just, no, I, I don't believe that. And, you know, happy to report, my kid is amazing. He's a teenager and we have an amazing relationship. He's not uh, embarrassed or whatever to hug me in the front of his colleagues if I pick him up from school when it's boys schools, only 2,500 boys. You know, like, he, he knows who he is. Yeah, that's and, and he's he's okay with showing affection and love, and yeah, this is my mom. And what's the problem? Well, of course, the situation is like, mom, you need to back off, and I have to respect that. It's like, you know, they are humans; they they, they have their own privacy. Uh, you know, we don't want everyone in our space all the time either. So, mm -hmm. why our kids should want that? Why our kids should allow us to be in their space all the time? Yeah, you and know. I think I think, and maybe you'll know more because you've, you've actually studied in the, the area of psychology, but um, I, I have read that it's actually our kids' job developmentally when they're teenagers to begin to self-actuate, to begin to say, I'm separate from my parents and to be a little bit like, no, you know, I don't always have to let you touch me. I don't always have to listen to everything you say and believe everything you say because that's how they become an individual. So it is part of the growth process too. And mm -hmm. if we don't let them do that, that's just as bad, right? It's, it's like you stunt their ability to get to be adults on their own. But, but as, as you say, part of the growth, that's, that's perfectly right. It's starting early on. You're not going to wait until your kid is a teenager to change the rules. It's, it's starting early on. You you have a conversation with your daughter when she's four and let her and, and ask her what is her opinion about it, how, how she see things. So they learn early on, if that's the approach, that it's okay to become their own individual. And, um, but we can, if, if we are in the belief of like, this is who my kid is going to be. Right. I think that's a great point. Um, again, not the same, but similar for myself. Um, a lot of people who I know who have children with special needs, they, they're mourning this child that they had decided they would have someday. But none of us know what our kids are going to be like 
period. Doesn't matter if they yes. have or don't have a certain diagnosis or boy or girl or married or not married or kids or not having kids. And I think we have to, to have to back up and realize that they're not an extension of our life. They're part of our life and they get to be whatever they want to be. So it's mourning this made up character that you had in your head like, yes. is it's kind of on you, right? It's, it's not on them to live up to your, your daydream of what they were going to be. And I think that was hard. It was a belief change for me to be yeah. like, wait a minute. Well, who knew what she was going to be like anyway? Or who knew what the, my son was going to yes. be like anyway? And so I think uh, it's, it's lovely. Our kids are lovely. So, yeah. um, so you have a podcast, which is super exciting that people can look at. I know you have a website. Um, what, where, what is the perfect ideal parent um, client that would get the most value from talking to you? Like what, what does she look like or what is she going through right now? Or he as well. Yeah, so if you go on my in, on my website, you see like there is multiple departments in my practice. <laughs> so um, I think the the main on the 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 boat that tied them all is becoming the parent that your child needs to be. So from here is like you could be a parent that you just want to lay the foundation how to to raise a child, or you could be want to become a parent and you need to do the inner work so you make sure that the beliefs that has been passing on from generation you're not going to pass them to, the ch to your children um you could be uh you know a single mom by choice or same-sex couple or transgender uh, individuals they are going to you know alternative fertility treatments in order to have their children and that's that's a big area and a very complex area because as, as traditional families that we go through so much when we create a child and everybody's, you know, have opinions and tell us what to do, what to not do. Uh, in non-traditional families, it's even more complex and more complicated. So the support they are needed, it's, it's, it goes a little bit deeper and for a longer period of time. So basically can we call them adults because <laughs> I keep saying in my groups that I have because I'm working with parents but I'm also saying that you don't have to be a parent yeah, in order to be an amazing role model for children in your life yeah. there is so many adults they choose to not have children or they cannot have children but they're amazing role model for for kids in their life, nephews, nieces, fr uh, kid, uh, friends, kids, and so on. So my mission, my biggest mission is to create a future where, where people from LGBTQ community don't have to come out anymore and they just get to be, and to support humans today into how to role model, how to do life, from a place of inclusion, from a place of just looking at that person as another human being that has the right to love anyone they choose, you know, and create a family together. That has nothing to do with where are you from, where you're born, what language you speak, who are your parents, or what title do you have at your work. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with your own soul. Yeah. So you provide a safe space for humans. 
safe space for humans. I, I like to believe that I do that That's as cool. I'm in the same space. I, I tell my clients all the time, like we are co-creating, like I am in the midst of the work too. I don't have all my shit together. I simply, I don't. Mm-hmm. I overcome a lot of things, but it's, it's a, it's a evolving process. Right. And as, as we one step ahead of them, that's all right. Yeah. But we are doing this together, like this experience, right? I, I will be a totally different person after this conversation. And so do you, you know, we just have, we just co-create a space when we, we share some experiences. I'm learning from you. You learn from me. And my belief and my intention is that now we become better humans after this conversation. I would, I would agree. And I, I appreciate so much um, the work that you're doing. And I think that um, I'm just trying to make the world better for my kids too. Right. And so we're both, we're both moving, making a pathway, hopefully that makes it safer for our children to be. And that's a pretty nice place to be. We are raising the future. And that is the power that we have and the responsibility that we have as adults right now, parents or not, we are raising the future. How we do life every day, it's actually uh, show us a peek into how the future is going to look like. If you push your kids away and you just treat them like, oh, they're going to learn, oh, there is school to teach them, oh, guess what? School doesn't teach them. They're in home with you now. The universe just show you that you need to step up. You need to be the first educator for your kid and stop relying on, you know, other people. Those are extra support, right? Schools and tutors and sports and all that. Those are extra support for you as parent. But Absolutely. And so when you have a kid, you kind of, you're a parent for the rest of your life. You, you can't just blame on school for what your kid doesn't know. Yeah. It's simple as that. <clears throat> I, I'm so glad. We, I had no idea where our conversation was going to go. And I'm super glad <laughs> we had an opportunity to get together and meet. I'm going to make sure that we have your website and we have your podcast as resources in the show notes. And I'm so glad to know that there are people like you out there that are making it safe for my kids when they, when they come to their own, whatever that will mean. So thank you so much for, I know you're not feeling well and you've had so much going on. So I thank you for taking the time this afternoon to spend some time with me today. Well, thank you. And I want to thank everyone in your audience and especially parents for how they show up every day and I want to thank them for and you for how you raise your kids because your kids will be friends with my kid so I'm like really honor every parent that show up for their children because you know as I say we are raising the future together and it's just I'm very grateful for everybody they're they're ready to do to do the work to become better parents for their children Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to staying in touch. I will make sure the audience knows how to reach out to you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.